This is episode 39 of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast with me, your host, Cindy McMillan, and today's guest, Tisha Casasanta. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, join Cindy McMillan as she interviews coaches, spiritual explorers, and celebrants from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. I'm so excited about today's conversation. Tisha Casasanta has been in the death care industry since 1997. She is a funeral director and embalmer, and transitioned her career to being a grief coach for her business, Upward Spiral Grief Coaching. She is also a teacher of mindfulness and lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and is the mom to her three-year-old Whippet. Her first book, An Upward Spiral Grief Journey, will be released in February of 2021. Tisha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. So the first question I like to start off with is what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Well, to me, the seasons of life are the changes that have happened that we didn't plan and how we've adapted to the good and the bad. Seasons happen whether we like them or not, and it's how we evolve through the chapters of our lives. And I really love that, Tisha, because it is those those times when we're not expecting those changes that um, that's when we have to just kind of go with those seasons and learn as we're going through them. Absolutely. We definitely, you know, I think adaptation is the key, you know, how well you are able to handle those changes and accept them in your life as a positive change, even though they don't seem that way, (laughs) you know, when they, when we're thrown into them, usually they are a good thing. So I know you were a funeral director for almost 20 years. Can you talk to us a little bit about what is the role of a funeral director? Absolutely. The role of a funeral director is a very important one. It all starts with that initial phone call when we're notified that a death has occurred. We make arrangements to uh, retrieve the decedent from where they should be when they pass away. We schedule an appointment with the family and we sit down and talk. And I know that's very intimidating even to walk through the front doors of a funeral home. So I always try to make it a very warm and comfortable experience for the family and really get them talking and opening up about their loved one. Because the more I know about them, the more I could help them create and design a funeral based around the personality of the person that passed away. I think that's extremely important in coming up with special ideas to make the, the ceremony unique and honor them in the best way possible. 
So thank you for going through that because, you know, someone who maybe has, has not had a death in the family, you know, may not know what that role is. So I appreciate you talking about that. Yes. And we also educate the family, give them all of the options that are available to them, keep their bud, keep everything within their budget and, you know, let them know what they do need and what they don't need. To me, that's the role of a good funeral director, at least, is to really listen and pay attention to what their ideas and let it come into fruition in a mindful way. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So now, can you walk us through your journey about becoming a grief coach? <laughs> okay. Well, it's not a real exciting story, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a better story. But um, due to health reasons, I had to resign as a funeral director. And I really didn't know any other type of business or trade except for maybe insurance sales. So I took a, a course and I became a life insurance agent and I got a work from home job where I was sitting in a room in my house and the system would dial up people automatically and there was a, a script that I would have to follow. And if you know me at all, I'm, <laughs> I don't follow instructions very well. And I'm just a people person. I'm not a salesperson. And one of the questions that we would have to ask is, what type of legacy would you like to leave your loved one? It was intended to be a financial question because I'm trying to sell life insurance. But it always ended up being a very personable story that they would say, well, when my husband died, we did this and we did that. And being who I am, I would say, well, tell me about your husband and I completely go off script <laughs> and started to, talking to people about their family member that had passed on. And I wasn't successful at the job at all. And I thought, well, gosh, I really wonder, is there some type of career that involves just talking to people going through grief? And uh, one of the ladies that she was actually the owner of this insurance agency, she was a life coach and very sweet, intelligent woman. And I thought, hmm, is there a death coach? <laughs> She's a life coach. Is there such thing as a death coach? And I just went on Google and started, you know, reframing my questions on there and grief coach came up and I found the wonderful program offered by Dora Carpenter, which is from grief to gratitude. And I was really struggling financially at the time because I had been out of work and awaiting um, a decision on disability. I just kind of left it to fate and I put it on a credit card, took the course. And as they say, the rest is history. The, the same week that I graduated Dora's course, I got approved for disability and there was a little bit of back pay involved and lo and behold, it was the same amount that I had put into the course. So I was able to pay off the credit card and just all signs were pointing to this is where you need to be. 
So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but I, and I love that. But And what I, one of the things I love about it so much is you taking this job thinking it was going to be, you know, what you were going to be doing. And as you said, not doing it well. And then that led you to what you were meant to be doing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it really it. did. Yeah, it was it was a journey. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so now the, our listeners don't know this, but you and I can see each other. And I see your beautiful whippet there with you. <laughs> yes, he's um, involved in everything that I do. He's he's my silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk a little bit about what are three or four reasons that someone might hire a grief coach? Absolutely. You know, obviously you've lost someone and some time has gone by and maybe you're crying all day or you're stuck with what I call a a mind loop of certain circumstances surrounding your grief or maybe the way your loved one passed on and you're not fully functioning in life, you just can't get past a certain mindset. That would be a good time to reach out to a grief coach because what we do is we counsel in a way that moves people forward. We help them through those difficulties, creating a safe space, non-judgmental ear. Everything we know is what the client is telling us. And we're able to work through those kinks to help them go further into their grief healing. And it is just a remarkable way of, to me, it's a therapy. It doesn't go on forever. There's a beginning and an end to it, depending on the client, how long they would like to work with their coach. It's just a fabulous industry that so many people don't know about. They may go and see a therapist and end up in therapy for a long period of time. A therapist helps you work through your problems. A coach actually coaches you through step-by-step to get results. Thank you for thank you for going through those. And I have gone through the same program that you went uh-huh. through with Dora. So and then I and I love that program. And it's one of the things that I'm really wanting to do in this podcast is really get out the word about grief coaching. It is such an important field that is very new and it's so effective. The results are just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tisha, do you have a favorite question or exercise that you like to do with your clients? I do, Cindy. Um, One of the exercises that I really like doing, and I do it in the beginning, sort of as an icebreaker and to get to know the client and their loved one. The program that I've designed involves their loved one throughout the entire healing journey. They're a big part of it. So the exercise I came up with is called I am 
and he and she was. So what I'll ask them to do is get out a sheet of paper and write a line horizontally down the middle of the paper. And I'll give them about two or three minutes to write down as many positive attributes about themselves as they could come up with. They do that for themselves. And then I do the same thing for their loved one. At the end of that, I look at the differences and I'll ask them what out of those um, personality traits of your loved one could you incorporate into your life to keep their memory alive? And it's really interesting the responses that, you know, that they come up with. It's like, you know, I always admired this about my husband and I wish I could be more like this. You know, he lit up a room everywhere he went and I'm always sort of the shy one. And it would be really nice to take that on, be a little bit more like them. And that's just a way, again, of moving forward with keeping their memory going. Yeah, I and I love that. So what you're doing is, if, for example, their loved one was outgoing and they chose to embody that, you would come up with ideas on how they could be a little bit more outgoing? Is that? Absolutely. Uh, oh. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole thing snowballs. And um, then after they um, adopt these qualities, it's really interesting to hear their stories, you know, a week later, like, well, I was at the doctor's office and I made somebody laugh or, you know, I opened up and, um, you know, seeing the positive, the positivity that comes out of that is really awesome. Uh, That's a beautiful exercise. I love it. Thank you. I know that you're also a mindfulness teacher. So how can mindfulness help someone who is grieving? Mindfulness is all about being in the moment. So you're going to always look at where you are now. When somebody is grieving, they have a tendency to look at the past. I should have done this. I could have done that, etc. Or they forecast. Well, we were planning on going on a cruise. We were going to celebrate such and such holiday in a particular way. And that can cause a lot of pain. But when they focus on their current state, their current moment, it brings a lot of clarity to where they are now. And, you know, we always tell people, just take it day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute. That really is the way to get through sadness or loneliness is to just take it in little bite sizes. It reduces anxiety, depression, it improves clarity of memory so you're not missing out on life when you are fully in the now. Absolutely. And while you're while we're talking about mindfulness, can you give us maybe three simple practices that someone could do? Um, yes. Gratitude is a large part of mindfulness. Every morning I go outside with my dog 
with my cup of coffee and that is my fully embraced now time. And I give gratitude to the universe. My, I'm just, every day it's something different. Give yourself time and the thoughtfulness to give gratitude for what you do have instead of what you don't have. It really changes your day. Another practice is setting a daily intention. I have some wonderful daily intention cards that I have and many that I've created. And you could set your intention, today I'm going to be calm. Today I'm going to be wise. Today I'm going to be mindful of the little things. Set a daily intention and carry, carry that on. And lastly, this is my favorite phrase, and it is now is new. Bring yourself into the moment. Take a deep breath. When you feel yourself getting um, into the past or into the future, center yourself and just say, now is new. And we could create our moment. Our, our, we could do anything in this moment. We could feel however we want to feel. We could reach out to a friend and just let them know how grateful they are in our lives. It's just a wonderful practice. You know, when you were talking about gratitude, my partner and I went out for a walk earlier today. And I live in Florida. And typically, you know, it's very hot but it's just so beautiful right now. You know, while we were walking, I was just, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, I am so grateful that, you know, it's 60 degrees and it's beautiful today. You yeah. know, all the things that, that I'm grateful for. And it, yeah, it just kind of, it makes you feel good when you remember those things that you're grateful for. It absolutely changes your mindset and gives you this feeling of inner peace and calmness. I just can't say enough about gratitude. It's, it's a game changer once you start practicing. Well, and also the your phrase that you say now is new. Yes, that I can see how that you know, just coming into that moment with a few deep breaths, just would, you know, kind of push away all the negatives. And this yeah. is a new moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And you create your moment. So what have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you? I read a book earlier this year. It's called What Doesn't Kill Us by Stephen Joseph, The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth. And um, I was introduced to post-traumatic growth by a colleague about a year ago. Throughout the years, I have struggled with PTSD due to various medical procedures and surgeries I've been through, as well as some deep personal events that had happened. And I really resigned myself to being a victim of these circumstances. However, reading this book, I realized that PTSD is not a lifelong condition. And there's differences in people on how they look at a traumatic experience. 
for example, you could have two people on a train. The train derails and crashes. One person gets off the train and says, that's it. I'm never getting on another train. In fact, I'm never getting on public transit again. I'm traumatized by what I saw and what happened to me. I'm going to sort of stay in this victim mode. Well, another person would on the same train going through the same experience may get off that train and say, gosh, I'm so lucky to be alive. This, you know, it happened and there were survivors and I'm going to change my life and start doing some things differently. So what I started doing was reevaluating these circumstances that I felt stuck in these traumatic experiences and replayed them to where I was the hero of the story instead of the victim. This changed my life completely. And I was able to bring myself out of that victim mentality and into one of gratitude that I was able to get out of these situations and be grateful for my health, be grateful that I'm no longer involved with anyone that had hurt me in the past. And this also ties into grief. So many people tend to look at the negatives for what they don't have anymore. But once you start looking at what that person gave you, that loss becomes a gift. And the life of that person outweighs the magnitude of their loss. That's beautiful the way you just described that, Tisha. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know? Well, I, th I think I, I would like people to know that it's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay to work out anything that has been holding you back over a period of time. Um, there's people that could help you in tremendous ways. A lot of it is being able to look at things from a different perspective that you may have never considered before. That's and that's absolutely right. And one of the one of the first steps in the from grief to gratitude, and it's actually one of my favorites, is that giving yourself permission to grieve. And sometimes just taking that step and giving yourself permission to grieve with someone that is going to hold your in a safe space and allow you to talk is just, it's just beautiful. It really is. And uh, recently I came across a message that said, just when you're having those dark times of grief and sadness and sorrow, sit with it, let it, let it soak in, feel feel it. You, you have to go through it to make your way out of it. That's absolutely right. So if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in now? Well, um, I would tell her that the seasons of life will bring seasons of joy, seasons of loss through the years you'll lose many people, people that you've loved the most. You'll lose your health. You'll lose a home. You'll lose jobs. But you will learn to detach from those things and understand what it means to love yourself 
And it's then when you find your true purpose in life. Oh, man, if we could all go back and tell ourselves that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, especially our 18-year-old self. I mean, I would also tell her, just stop chasing the boys. (laughs) You know, I mean, those things are so, you know, I was always caught up in, oh, I got to find a husband. You know, if this relationship doesn't end in marriage, what am I to do? And I wasn't a very strong individual back then. And I really didn't know how to love myself. And I was carrying that into relationships where I thought, well, this person will love me and that's where I'll get my love for myself. Huge misconception. You really do need to know who you are before you could even give love to another individual. It's not fair to them until you have a solid foundation and are able to honestly, 100% with your heart, love that person without needing their love to depend on. Does that Mm. make sense? Absolutely, it does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So can you tell our listeners where to find you, your website and social media? Yeah, um, my website is upwardspiralgriefcoaching.com. And I'm also under that name on Facebook. I have a mindfulness group, which is called Mindfulness in Inner Peace. And I have a personal profile. So if you look hard enough, you'll find me. (laughs) And I will have those in the show notes as well. Okay. You've been listening to Exploring the Seasons of Life. And thank you for being here. So I need your help. If you enjoy this show and want a free and easy way to help us grow, the most effective thing you can do is subscribe to the show by clicking subscribe on iTunes. Or I would be super grateful if you could take a minute and write us a review on iTunes. Or share this show right now with a friend who absolutely needs to hear this message. I know it seems so simple, but ratings and reviews can help influence the choice of podcasts people listen to. You'd be amazed to know how much it helps. Until next time, live inspired.